0: This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello and welcome to the One Verse Podcast. I'm your teacher, Jeremy Myers, as always. Do you ever feel like you're stuck on a hamster wheel of life in your... In following Jesus and your discipleship to Jesus you know you hear the same things over and over uh, you go through the same steps over and over just keep going round and round without ever seeming to make any progress if so what you learned today from Jonah 3 2 will be helpful for you and uh, along with what you learned today from Jonah 3 2 you also might discover that my online discipleship group is helpful at redeeminggod.com and uh, the discipleship group it consists of courses and books and email lessons that can be sent to your email inbox and of course a community of like-minded people as well that you can interact with and together we basically learn the things that God wants us to learn so that we can do the things God wants us to do and it's all online so you can go at your own pace get as, get involved as much or as little as you want uh, but it might be just the thing you're looking for to help you take the next step in an exciting new direction with God. If, if you want to learn more and join, uh, just visit redeeminggod.com join. All right. Can't wait to see you there. And by the way, if, if you're already part of the group, I added a brand new course this past week, which looks at what the Bible teaches about election and predestination. If you've ever had questions about that, this course is for you. And the great thing about this course is it's not just academic. It's not just theology. Uh, It's it's incredibly practical. A lot of people don't realize this about election and predestination, but it's actually a very practical teaching from Scripture that's going to help you in your life of following Jesus. So anyway, you can learn more about this course by going to redeeminggod.com slash courses. It's the course called The Rejustification of God. All right. So, uh, see you there. Whether you're, whether you're joining the group or already part of the group, you're going to sign up for a new class. I can't wait to see, see you online. With that in mind, let's turn to our study of Jonah chapter 3, verse 2. Jonah 3.2 says... This is God's word to Jonah: Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out to it the message that I give to you. Now, if you were to uh, pick up your Bible, go back and look at Jonah 1:2, you're going to see that uh, Jonah 3:2 is very similar to Jonah 1:2. Uh, Back in chapter 1, the beginning of the book, God told Jonah to arise, go to Nineveh, and cry out against it. Okay, so God basically tells Jonah exactly the same thing here. But there's really two main differences that I want you to notice. First, in uh, Jonah 1, verse 2, God told Jonah to cry out against Nineveh. And the implication was that there would be some sort of negative message, uh, maybe a, a message of judgment that Jonah would declare to the people of Nineveh, sort of a uh, an impending judgment upon their city. All right. Now n- you notice here in verse two, in, in chapter three, verse two, that implication is not present. God just says, "Go to Nineveh and cry out to it." The message that I will give to you. Not, we don't have "cry out against it" here. Now in, in Hebrew, the words are, are very, very similar. In fact, the difference is only one letter. Uh, in Hebrew, it's uh, ayin. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the letter changes ayin to aleph. And uh, so in 1-2, the word is, is pronounced halia. Hear that H on the front? Uh, whereas in 3-2, it's alia, without the H on the front, okay? So uh, it's, it's a minor difference, but it's also a substantial difference. All right. The instruction in chapter one to cry out against Nineveh is this negative message, whereas here in verse two, it's, it's more vague. It's not necessarily positive. It could be negative. It's just we don't really know one way or the other. All right. So uh, just this implication of a negative message is absent here in chapter three. All right. And, and that, you know, is significant. But it introduces the second significant difference between these two verses, between one two and three, two. Uh, earlier, in chapter 1, verse 2, Nineveh was described as a wicked city that was an affront to God's honor, all right? Uh, here, though, in chapter 3, verse 2, this reference to the wickedness of Nineveh as a challenge to God's honor, it's absent. It's, it's lacking. We don't have this negative connotation here uh, in, in that way either, all right? So, in light of these two differences— the question, as alert students of Scripture, that we're supposed to be asking ourselves is, hmm, did God's message change? You know, now that Jonah has disobeyed God and gone off in the opposite direction, Jonah has revealed himself to be a fairly rebellious sinner himself. I mean, it, 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 did God's message change, or will it be the same? What, what would have happened if Jonah had gone that first time? Would it have been a negative message of judgment and condemnation on the city of Nineveh? You know, we, 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 is, is the message going to be different now? Well, we don't really know because Jonah didn't go that first time, okay? But uh, regardless, what we have here is that the negative connotations, the negative implications are gone. And uh, God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach to it, declare to it the message I'm going to give to you, all right? And, and and the change, though, you're supposed to notice the change, You are supposed to note that. What it means, you know, we don't know yet, but you are supposed to notice the change because this prepares you for the surprise ending to the story. All right, Uh, chapter 3, verse 2 is foreshadowing. Up until this point in the story, the alert reader is thinking, all right, because we don't know the rest of the story, that God is going to destroy Nineveh. But now, because of these changes in verse 2, you are supposed to think, oh, wait a minute, is God going to destroy Nineveh? What is he going to do to Nineveh? All right, The wording change here in verse 2 helps you and I realize that maybe God doesn't want to destroy Nineveh after all. Maybe God has something else in mind for Nineveh. All right, so those are the two main changes from uh, chapter three, verse two. I'm sorry, from chapter one, verse two to chapter three, verse two, and um, it, it raises these questions in your mind. Now, along with these two changes from what God previously said to Jonah, there's one surprising element that is completely absent from what Jonah says, uh, what God says to Jonah here. All right, <laughs> uh, after the actions of Jonah in chapter one and chapter two, if you were God. Alright, and now you've got your prophet's ear again, your rebellious, wayward, stubborn, self-righteous, self-centered, egotistical prophet's ear again. He's finally listening to listening to you. All right. You told him to get up and go to Nineveh. Instead, he got up and went the opposite direction. He taught horrible theology to the sailors, basically told them that God wants human sacrifice, which is an outright lie. It's basically blasphemy. And then in this prayer, he's like, all right, finally, I get to die. I'm going to go to worship you. I don't want to obey you, God. I'm so righteous. I'm so holy. Look at me. I'm such a great person. I can't wait to, to die. He never repents. He never confesses. All right. So now You finally are talking to your prophet again. What are you going to say to him? (laughs) Don't you think that if you were God, you would have some sort of word of chastisement, some sort of word of correction to him? Uh, If if I were God, I would. Jonah, you you know, sinner, (laughs) you're so self righteous. Come on, take a look at yourself. How come you disobeyed me? You know, you would you you would say something like that to Jonah, but. It is completely absent, all right? There's nothing, God mentions nothing to Jonah about Jonah's blatant rebellion. And I think that's an encouragement here. God left Jonah's disobedience buried in the sea with the fish, and he's not going to speak any more of it, all right? And again, this should give us pause about what God is going to do to Nineveh. When it comes to Jonah, God apparently is able and willing to overlook, forgive, and forget the greatest possible sin one of his prophets could commit. Remember, by going the opposite direction, Jonah basically slapped God in the face, spit in God's face, gave him his, the middle finger. And God's able to overlook that and forgive that with Jonah. And so the implication is here is, hmm... Is it possible that he could do the same thing to the great sins of Nineveh? All right, now, you know the rest of the story. You know that's exactly what's going to happen. But again, try to forget the rest of the story. You don't know at this point in the story, if you read it for the first time, that that is what is going to happen. And so right now, all you have is a question. All right, and that is the question you're supposed to ask yourself here in chapter 3, verse 2. All right? Um, the, the the message, the wickedness of Nineveh is not mentioned. Okay? Jonah, there's no mention here about crying out against the city. And in fact, Jonah himself, who has revealed that he's a great sinner, who never confessed or repented or promised to obey God, nothing like that, not even said he is sorry, God just sort of lets it go, forgets it, overlooks it, lets it pass by, and just tells Jonah again, hey. Jonah, I got a task for you. You know, from God's perspective, he just picks right back up with Jonah as if nothing had ever gone wrong. All right, and and so the question for the reader now is, what is Jonah going to do? Now, that's all I want to say about Jonah chapter 3, verse 2. I mean, I do want to close out with some points of application for us today from this verse. I think something significant, and we'll pick up next time. In Jonah chapter three, when we see uh, what Jonah does, whether he's going to obey God or not this time around, Uh, but I do want to focus on the fact, uh, as just as we close out today, that the first two verses of Jonah chapter three are nearly identical to the first two verses of Jonah chapter one. Uh, It's a repetition, a repeat. It's take two. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Some people love that movie. Some people hate it. I love it. (laughs) It's funny, insightful, in a whole bunch of ways. If you've never seen the movie or you forgot what it's about, it's about this uh, guy who repeats the same day. It's Groundhog Day over and over and over and over. Punxsutawney Phil's the Groundhog Day. Okay. And uh, we, we see, and eventually the point, of course, is for Bill Murray's character to learn something about himself and relationships and, and what's important in life and that sort of a thing. Okay. I, I sort of think that the we see something similar happening here with Jonah. All right. And this is instructive for us today, for us Christians today, as we seek to, to follow Jesus. I think sometimes as Christians, I know i felt this way at times, you probably have as well, uh, we feel like we are in Groundhog Day. In fact, just earlier today at work, I was talking to uh, a co-worker, and he was saying that our job, where we work, is like Groundhog Day. Every day is the same routine over and over and over and you know nothing ever changes and it's just you know just a a cycle a a repeat everything's so repetitious and lots of people enjoy that but some people don't and he was one who who really didn't i have a lot of variety in my particular function there at work uh that i I get enough i get enough differences during the day so i don't feel that but but uh, his job was different so he has a lot of repetition but i think a lot of christians feel this in their own life they're stuck in a rut all right? they hear the same truths over and over again they struggle with the same sins over and over again All right every sermon they've heard it before they open up the Bible they've read it a hundred times before right and it's just, nothing's new they never seem to break through with God or move on to the next level they just feel like they're stuck on this hamster wheel of discipleship always running but never getting anywhere if you've ever felt like that, okay, it might be because you are truly stuck in a cycle of, of discipleship. Sort of like, you know, we only see two two goes around, two goes around, I don't know what the phrase would be, uh, two, two times around the wheel here in Jonah chapter 3, in Jonah chapter 1. Uh, the, the words are repeated over uh, twice. Uh, but I, I sometimes wonder what would happen if Jonah here had disobeyed God and gone off in the opposite direction again, I sort of think we would have seen take three and take four and take five, okay? And I I sort of think uh, that, that we Christians are sometimes caught in that same cycle. I believe that God wants Jonah to learn something, and God is going to allow Jonah to continue running on this hamster wheel, continue experiencing Groundhog Day over and over and over until Jonah gets it. And I think maybe we Christians are the same way sometimes, right? Some, maybe sometimes there is something God wants us to learn, something God wants us to do, and we're just not learning it. We're just not doing it. It doesn't make God upset, but he's just like, look, you can't move on until you learn this. You can't move on until you do this. You can't move on until you beat this sin, Right? And sometimes God asks us to do things we don't want to do. Jonah, go to Nineveh. God, I really don't want to. I'm going to head to Tarshish instead. Well, okay. (laughs) Let's do this again. Hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh. (laughs) Right? Uh, And we sometimes do the same thing. God tells us to do something and we go off in the opposite direction. Storms of life come. We hear your sermons, go to Bible studies, get a little discipline. Okay. And then the same instruction comes back around. Hey, Jeremy, do this. Head off? Ah, oh, God, I really don't want to. Well, okay. <laughs> Thought you'd learn the first time, but all right, let's do it again. Round and round we go. Groundhog Day again. I, I believe that we're going to be stuck in this holding pattern. There's certain things in life, certain parts of following Jesus, we just simply cannot move on. We'll be stuck in that holding pattern, stuck in Groundhog Day, stuck on that hamster wheel. Until we learn what God wants us to learn. Until we take the step God wants us to take. Until we learn the discipline, the practice that God wants us to learn. All right? God is never going to allow us to go on to step three until we pass step two. All right? And he's not going to get upset no matter how many times we go through step one. We see that here with Jonah. He's not upset at Jonah. He says, all right, Jonah, let's try this again. All right? I'm not going to let you skip it, Jonah. I'm going to keep you going round and round here until you learn what I want you to learn, until you do what I want you to do. All right? Uh, running the race of discipleship. It's sort of like running hurdles on a on a track, I suppose. I don't know if you ran track or... Yeah, clearly, you've seen hurdles in the Olympics or something. Look, you, you have to go over them one at a time <laughs> and in the proper order. You can't run around them, Okay? Uh, I suppose some of these ru- these runners uh, knock them over sometimes, uh, but uh, that's gonna slow you down and hurt quite a bit if you if you bash your knee on, you probably end up skinning your hands or your face or your arms on the track if you do that too. I once saw a guy run hurdles by literally <laughs> hitting everyone uh, with his front foot as he ran down. He, he didn't win, of course, but uh, I suppose that's technically legal. Uh, but you can't run around them and you, you have to run them in order uh, and uh, in order to to finish the race, okay? Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, God says to Nineveh, or to Jonah, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, no, I think I'm going to go the opposite direction. God says, okay, <laughs> have fun with that. Okay, and now we got a storm and thrown into the sea and getting swallowed by a fish, spewed up, spit up, vomited up on dry land. And then God comes to Jonah and says, all right, Jonah, let's try this again. Go to Nineveh. Jay okay? uh, Vernon McGee, if you've ever heard him preach... J. Vernon McGee believes, and I think he's probably right, that if Jonah had headed off to Tarshish, we would have had a Jonah chapter. Who knows what would have happened? Another storm, another fish, right? And then take three. We would have gone around and around and again. I just think, and I agree with J. Vernon McGee on that. I think that's probably what had happened here. It's the same for you and I, though. And this is the point. If you want to make progress in your spiritual life, uh, but you soon to be covering the same ground over and over and over again, you might want to pause. I invite you to pause and say, wow, what is it that God wants me to learn? What is it God wants me to do that I haven't yet learned or I haven't yet done? Okay, and then do it. <laughs> learn it. And that is going to open up whole new areas of discipleship, a whole new part of the path of following Jesus that you might have not ever seen before. God's not going to let you move on in the race until you get over that first hurdle. Uh, you know, it's it's like when when I was a teenager, um, learning how to drive. It's it's not just one day I became a certain age and my parents threw me the key and said, there you go. Take the car out for a spin. (laughs) No, uh, I had to first attend driver's education classes, right? And then even in driver's ed class, they don't put you in a car the first day. There's some book learning first, and then there's some simulator learning, at least in the class I took. Got behind this computer sort of a screen thing with a fake wheel in front of me and the brake and gas pedals down below and, and all of that. And you learn how to drive in a simulator before you ever endanger your life and the lives of other people by getting an ac- in, into an actual car on an actual road. Okay, And then finally, after the simulator, you get into a driver's ed car. And of course, you got the teacher over there. He's got his own brake. At least that's the way it was for me, okay? And you drive, do you get out on the freeway? Do you, you drive around on the roads? And No. First, you drive around a parking lot, typically, where you're not going to hurt anyone. You might run into a curb or something, but that's about it, okay? It's exactly the way it is in a life of discipleship with following God. He's not going to teach you everything all at once. He's not going to put you in the most dangerous situations right from the start. God loves you. He doesn't want to see you get hurt. He's going to start you off slow and easy. Maybe uh, take you around the parking lot a couple times after you have some book learning and some simulator learning. And then as you prove yourself reliable, trustworthy, that you've learned lessons you've learned, he's going to move you up to higher levels, more difficult situations, more scary scenarios, okay? And each discipleship level, it has its own set of privileges and its own set of temptations. And God's not going to let you move up, move on, until you finish the course you are currently on. So look, I, I started off today's podcast episode wondering if you've ever felt like you're on a hamster wheel going round and round. Look, it's really not what the discipleship life, life of following Jesus, is supposed to be like. You learn what you're supposed to learn so you can move on to what you're supposed to move on to. See what God, exciting thing God has for you next. All right. So uh, that's what we're seeing here with Jonah. This is take two for Jonah. And we're going to see in the next verse, if Jonah has learned his lesson and if he wants to move on to the next step. We do, he, he does, of course. And I just encourage that for yourself as well. Now, the thing with discipleship is sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need input from other people. Sometimes we need to know what the next thing is that we're supposed to learn. Sometimes we think we've learned the basics and we really haven't. Uh, look, if, if, if those are sort of the, some of the questions you have, some of the issues you're facing, I really do encourage you and invite you to join my online discipleship group. It's why I have it, to help other people. Uh, and even so, I can be helped. Uh, people in that discipleship group have taught me several things. In the, it's almost been one year since I started it now. We've got several courses in there. We've got the private Facebook group. We have emails and people email me and we interact with each other on Facebook. It's been very helpful for the people there and uh, for myself as well. And I think it will be helpful for you if you're not every, all, not already part of the group. Uh, there's courses and uh, email training that you can take at your own pace. Uh, and uh, also, I, I try to focus on the basics. Right now, I'm teaching on the gospel. Oh, I know what the gospel is. Do you? Do you know how to share the gospel? Do you know about God's infinite grace, mercy, love, and forgiveness that he extends to you? no matter what, no matter what you've done, said, or will do in the future. Okay, These are some of the basics that you might need to learn before you are ready to move on to the next level of following Jesus. Uh, look, if, if you want to learn more, sign up, just go to redeeminggod.com join. And hopefully some of the things you learn in the group, some of the people you meet in the group and interact with there will take you to the next step in your journey of wherever it is God wants you to go. And I hope that uh, I get to share some of that road with you because it's thrilling for me to walk alongside you as you learn and move on to that next step. I'll see you there. And I'll see you back here next time as we look at Jonah 3.3 and the next step that Jonah takes in his life of following God wherever God wants him to go. See you there. (music)